And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. I want to speak today on an explanation of the three baptisms. Because, you know, there are three baptisms. Amen? There is a baptism by water. The word baptism is from a, it comes from a Greek word, baptizo. And baptizo means to immerse. That's all it means, to immerse. Mm-hmm. When you immerse in something, you're baptized into it. So you could be baptized into pain. Can you say pain? P-A-I-N. If, ev- if every muscle in your body is aching, mm-hmm, you feel like you've been immersed into pain. It's a kind of baptism into pain. That's why Jesus told John and his brother. You remember when they said to him, they said, uh, they said Lord, uh, can one of us be on your right? James and Thomas. And one on the left, Jesus looked at them and said, can you be baptized with the baptism? I'm going to be baptized into. And Jesus was saying, can you embrace the cross, the suffering mm, that I am going to embrace? Mm-hmm, that's what he said. So, baptizo means to immerse. You can be immersed in water. Amen. You can be immersed in the body of Christ. And you can be immersed in the Holy Ghost. Ah, glory be to God. That's what the Bible says. Amen. So there is an immersion in water. It's called John's baptism. Very important. Why is it important? Because Jesus got baptized. And since we want to be like Jesus, we have to do what Jesus did. There are many of you in the body of Christ, you've not been baptized. Amen. You've not been baptized. We had an announcement made. For those of you who have not been baptized, sign up to be baptized. And if, you are baptized, if you've been baptized for a long time, and you can remember, sign up to be baptized again, the more the merrier. <laughs> Let me say it again. The more the, the more the merrier. Some of you, when you were small, you wanted to get baptized, and your mother said to you, you're too young, so while they were baptizing, you threw yourself in the river. That's not baptism. <laughs> me. <laughs> Got so excited, praise the Lord. Seven, seven, eight years old and people are getting baptized. And my mother said to me, no, you're too young. And when the pastor baptized the guy, I threw myself in the water. <laughs> Amen. So, <laughs> kids, praise the Lord, just so excited. And they start singing, take me to the water. Well, I just dove in the water. Amen. So... So, and the water baptism is important, I said, because Jesus did it. Mark chapter 1 tells us that when Matthew 3.16 tells us, uh that when Matthew 3.16 tells us when Jesus was baptized, amen, he came to John and he was baptized. And the Bible says when he was baptized, um, heaven opened, a dove came down upon him, and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Because he's obedient. Amen. Some people thought it was thunder. But it was God affirming his son Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now we can see the same thing. And I'm going somewhere since. Bear with me. And the reason why I'm going here is because there is a certain denomination or certain group of Christians who believe that baptism is necessary for salvation. I don't know if you're aware of that, but they believe that baptism is necessary for salvation. And I want to go through it because I'm not sure if you have come across anybody who believe that, but I want to show you from the Bible. Amen. 
where baptism stands. And you, as an educated adult Christian, will decide whether or not baptism is necessary for salvation. Amen? Is that alright? Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. So, we see here in Acts chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. I forgot to send my, my exhibit. Can you go to Acts chapter 8, verses 12 and 13? You will see in Acts chapter 8 that we are told that the men and women who got saved, they were baptized. The last phrase said, said what? They were baptized, both men and women. Amen? They didn't mention kids. Both men and women were baptized. Also, if you go to verse 13, you will see here, verse 13, that, that Simon himself believed also, and when he was what? Baptized. So you see, it is something that the old church practiced. As soon as you get saved, then you get baptized. You can see the very same thing in, later down in Acts chapter 8, when the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. Can you go further down? I think it's in Acts chapter 8 verses 35. Amen. Acts chapter, that's water baptism. Amen. Uh, right here you see, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, what? Jesus. And what happened in verse 36? And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. Philip preached Jesus, which, which involves talking about baptism. How did the man know I got to be baptized? It's because Philip told him that you need to be born, that you need to be baptized. Amen? And so we are told here, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be what? Can you go to verse 37? Let's see what happened. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart. Philip says, if you do, Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if thou will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you shall be what? Saved. That's what Philip said. And so the man said, look, Philip said, if you can believe with all what? All your heart. Mm -hmm. You may be saved. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the what? Philip baptized him. Amen. Philip baptized him. Also, last week we looked at the account in Acts chapter 10. I just want to establish the foundation to show that there was a norm in the old church where people got baptized when they accept, accepted Jesus. And then we'll move into, amen, as to whether or not baptism is necessary for salvation. And then we'll look at, we'll continue from where we stopped last week, baptism into the Holy Ghost. Because I got a lot of questions from Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Remember that we stopped on Jude chapter 1 verse 20, where Jude chapter, where, don't turn there, where Jude said, Beloved, build in your most holy faith. How do you build your most holy faith? Praying in the what? In the Holy Ghost. Amen? So, uh, so I'll get there in a little while, but I want to uh, touch on, on this first water baptism. So we saw here in Acts chapter 10 verse 47. Can you go to Acts chapter 10 verse 47? After Peter preached to Cornelius' family and his friends and his neighbors, amen? A lot of people, I think the entire village came in, in Cornelius' house, amen? And when he preached, Peter said, Can any man forbid water that this should not be baptized, which have received what? The Holy Ghost as we did. Mm -hmm. So Philip is saying, hey, Peter, um, the Holy Spirit through Peter says, these people need to be baptized in water. Mm -hmm. We saw Simon was baptized in water. The saints in Samaria was baptized in water. 
Amen? So therefore, it's important to be baptized. So I'm hoping that there'll be a list after church of those of you who have not been baptized to be baptized. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we need to answer the question. We see here a pattern we need to follow. And as I said, some people in Christendom think that baptism is essential for salvation. Let's investigate. Is that all right? Amen. Let's invest, investigate. Uh, the new, now the scripture verses that's used to promote the idea that baptism is a requirement for salvation is Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Let's look at Acts 2 verse 38 and we look at Luke 3 3. Acts 2 verse 38 reads, then Peter said, that's Peter's speech on the day of Pentecost. You remember? Then Peter said to them, repent and what? Every one of you in the name of Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive what? The Holy Ghost. So Peter said, repent and what? Be baptized. That's what he said. Repent and every one of you for the remission of sins. Why? That you may receive the Holy Ghost. Let me ask you. Did the saints in Cornelius' house have a chance to repent and be baptized before the Holy Ghost came? No, they did not. Well, <laughs> I'm making my point as to whether or not, according to some in Christendom, baptism is an essential requirement for salvation. And this is what they're saying. It doesn't matter if you make a profession of faith. It doesn't matter if you do. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. They're saying that's not enough. You need to also baptize. Mm-hmm. As one of the criteria to make it to heaven. Let's investigate. Well, it doesn't seem that way according to this scripture. <laughs> this scripture says, Peter said, so you can see why they're saying that. Because it says, repent and be baptized. And then you shall receive the Holy Ghost. God did not wait in Cornelius' house. We just saw in Acts chapter 10. While the people stood listening to Peter, the Holy Ghost fell mm -hmm, on them. And they knew the Holy Ghost fell on them because they started speaking in tongues mm? let's continue let's continue i'm almost done luke chapter 3 verse 3 reads so the first this is the first scripture that they use to promote the idea let's look at another scripture luke chapter 3 verse 3 and he came into all the country luke 3 3 that's john the baptist about jordan preaching what the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins what is he preaching the baptism and so, some of us brother, well-meaning brothers and sisters promote the idea that, hey, until you're water baptized, then you are not a candidate for heaven. And so I'm hoping that after we are done tonight, you will come to a right conclusion. And how many of you can honestly say, the way the scripture verses are read from the Bible, you can understand what they're saying. Amen? The way you can understand. But then, brothers and sisters, we have to look throughout the Bible to see if what we think is consistent. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible doesn't confuse people. The Bible is given to us for equipping. So we have to ensure what we believe correlates with the entire Bible. So, so but, but I need to say this though. In addressing this question, is baptism a requirement for salvation? I think, this is what I think. We need to ask ourselves, 
even a more crucial question, and that is, when does one get born again? When does one get born again? Mm -hmm. When does one... Is it when we repent from our sins, accept Christ as our Savior, and then get baptized? Or is it before we get baptized? We need to ask ourselves that question. Amen? What credentials are needed to get to heaven? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When did the new birth happen? When is it when we made our profession of faith? Uh, is it when we make our profession of faith? No, I can't get to the chase and bring up a scripture, but I want to walk you through. Amen. We looked at water baptism. Amen. Who does a water baptism? Huh? Who, who enacts the, the right of water baptism? Human beings. Amen. Human spiritual leaders, they baptize. We baptize men. That's water baptism. We are looking at the explanation of three baptisms. The first baptism is what? Water baptism. The second baptism is the baptism into the body of Christ. Amen. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. Can you turn there quickly? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. I need to ask you, brothers and sisters, when does, no we know when water baptism takes place. Everybody comes around. Amen. It is seen and we sing, take me to the so we know when it's happening, right? When does this happen? This right here. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit are we what? All baptized. So in that case, who's baptizing there? Who's the one baptizing there? One, the spirit. It's, it's right. It is not a trick question. <laughs> it is right there. Water baptism is done by men and women. Spiritual leaders. This is another type of baptism into the body of Christ. It says, for by what? One spirit. Are we what? All baptized into what? One body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Whether we be bond or free. And have been made to drink into what? You see capital S. He's talking about the what? Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost. Now let me ask you. When does this happen? Yeah, as soon as we make our profession of faith. And brothers and sisters, I need you to understand that because sometimes we don't want to get too technical. But, but, but these things are very important because a lot of people tend to be confused. There are three types of baptism. Water baptism, John the Baptist does it, or the spiritual people does, does it. Amen? Leaders, so to speak. Then there is a baptism into the body of Christ. So every one of us here, when we got saved, whether it's 20 years ago, 40 years ago, as soon as we made that profession of faith, the Holy Spirit takes you. You don't feel a thing. Right, Mrs. Warren? You don't feel a thing. He takes you and he immerses you into the body of Christ. Amen? That's why Job said, I see, I see a fence around you. you. I cannot touch you. Because now you are God's Job. Tell, told God, you put a fence around Job. If Job was immersed into the body of Christ. Are you with me, saints? Glory be to God. And he told, he's, he's testifying of the believer's protection. A demon, the devil, is saying he can touch us. No, you have Christians saying he can touch me. Anyhow, <laughs> let me say that slow. The devil is testifying that he cannot touch Christians. In Job. Today Christians are saying the devil can touch me. 
Something is wrong with that picture. Mm-hmm. The devil said, I cannot get to Job. He's well protected. There is a fence of protection around him. Glory be to God. Not only him, but his children. God, I give you praise. But he said, God, if you just take out that fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he said. If you just take that fence out, then I can touch him. Because the man has experienced 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. He's immersed into the body of Christ. Now we are all here, God's property. Can you thank God for that? Yeah, thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for that. The devil cannot just come in and, and destroy and, and do whatever. No, 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 no. You can allow him by being quiet. He'll try. Let me, let me say, he'll try, right? Yeah, he'll push. He'll push the envelope. And, but you got to open up your mouth. Because the Bible tells you in James 4, 7, resist. No, it says, it says sanctify yourself unto God. Uh-huh. Then it says, resist the devil and he will do what? Submit yourself to God. Sorry. Submit yourself to God. Then when you do what? What you do? What Now what you qualify to do? Resist the devil and he will do what? No resisting. He's going nowhere. He's going to stay in your house and mess you up. Amen. Get you frustrated and confused. Amen. Talking. He'll have you saying things. He'll have you. He'll whisper things to you so you can say it. That's why he whispers things to you and you say it and, 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 and desecrate yourself. And give him the right to enter in your life and turn your life right side up. Sorry, upside down. Praise the Lord. So we see here, it's very important to understand that when you are immersed in the body of Christ, you have God's protection. You're okay. Amen. You're okay. Can you say I'm okay? Amen. Now that doesn't preclude you from some of the natural things that happen. It means that no demon can take you out. Now we have to exercise wisdom. Amen. As we go about living in this life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. All right. Now, now I, I, um, I, have, to, I have to bring this to your attention because um, salvation in the Bible is spoken of. And now listen, salvation in the Bible is spoken of in three ways. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. I'm going to bring up that scare with me. So, so, so you need to, I'm, I'm saying that because you need to understand what's, how the Bible talks about salvation and whether baptism is really a prerequisite for salvation. The Bible says in, let's look at how salvation is used in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. Amen? Quickly. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are, though it should be here, the, the real translation here should be, which are being saved. So we are being saved and that's, refer, that's referring to sanctification. Brothers and sisters, when you get saved, you've been justified. You've been made just like Jesus Christ in your spirit. Not in your body, not in your mind. Mm, that's justification. This is talking about sanctification. I think it's John chapter 17 verse 17 says, Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is true. 
So sanctify means to set apart unto God. How do we get set apart unto God? Through the word of God. By the what? Reading of the word of God. That's why I prayed the scripture before. Chris, this is what I prayed. I prayed Romans 1.18. The Bible says, For therein, in the gospel, in the good news, there is a righteousness of God that's revealed. That's right. You cannot get that in a college. Classroom. That has to be revealed to you by God. How? While you are reading and studying God's word. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there is a righteousness of God. There is a way of God that you'll never see until you pursue the word of God. Yeah, yes. You'll go to church from, for, for 60 years and you'll never see. It. You cannot get that by the laying on of hands. It doesn't matter how much they can lay hands on you until you get bald headed. You will not. There is a righteousness of God. There is a way. You, there is an impartation. That's what I'm trying to say. That God. There is a transfer. That you get. When you sit as a student. And humble yourself. And begin to read the word of God. God I give you praise. A righteousness. A right living about God. Lord, I'm trying to get a word here. I'm sorry. There, there is a justice about God you see as you read God's word. The teacher, the Holy Ghost comes and he gives it to you. And that is how you get changed from glory to glory. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Uh, glory be to God. That, that's, why, that, that's why you know some people have changed and some people they have not. Let me say, well... <laughs> I'm telling you. Mm. That's what. Can you bring up Romans here? It says Romans 1 17. Is it 1? Sorry, 1 16 and 17. Go to verse 17. For, for I am not ashamed. Yeah. For this is it. For therein. Romans 1 17. For therein. Therein means in the good news, in the gospel. God, I give you praise. For therein is the righteousness of God. Revealed from faith to faith. Yes, yes. In the Gospels. The very book, you and I, that's on our shelf. And we pass it every day. To go to the restroom. To go to our wardrobe. Amen? Oh, you the wardrobe? A closet, sorry. Back home we say wardrobe. Lord Jesus. You pass that book, go to your closet every day. You get dressed and you leave the house. You pass it every day. Amen? And you come back every day. Glory be to God. And he's hollering, read me. Read me. I am your portion. I am your way out. <laughs> and you say, and, and you kept, no, in your mind, no, 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 you're not my portion. You know, you're not saying that. But, but, but that's just not, that's just not the way you think. Can, can I be honest? That's just not your thing. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Glory be. You see, are you get what I'm Can we be honest in the house of God? Amen. Your thing is that your thing is somebody need to lay hands on you. Your thing is your help is from outside. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing anybody. It's just a mindset that's out there. Praise the Lord. I was never into Bible reading and Bible studying. For years when I became a Christian. Because I did not get it from the pulpit. No, the preachers did not drive me.
to studying and reading God's word. There was no drive for, for scripture memorization. And so my life never changed. Let me share with you sins. It doesn't matter how much you sit down in church and you get preached. Two, you have a responsibility to go to the house. Amen. And make a meal for yourself. Praise the Lord. Read God's word. You and your father. God wants you for him. Every day, I read five Psalms and the proverb of the day. And it's amazing. And every month, in that way, every month, I read Psalms. The book of Psalms. By the end, by the time December comes, I've read Psalms, the book of Psalms 12 times. I've read the book of Proverbs 12 times. That's just little reading. But it's amazing though. It's amazing how every time I read, I see a different book. It's just, it's, I just, I, I just, it's just, you can never plumb the depths of God's word. You sit there and you cry and you begin to see things in the word of God. And you begin to ask God for help. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, Isaiah was right. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips because I dwell amount. I dwell amongst an unclean people. Amen. And then the Bible said, God, he told God, he said, you know why he said that? It's because he saw the glory of God. He saw God lifted up the train. He saw God, God gave him a glimpse of him. And when God gave, Eli, gave Isaiah a glimpse of him, Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips because he saw God's in his pure holiness. The way you're going to see God is in, in his holiness is by reading the Bible. That's how you're going to see God. It's not God shouting from heaven and just appearing in a dream. Are you getting it? Yeah, it's just, you know, just appearing in a dream and say, here am I. I'm the Lord. No. That was Old Testament. Old Testament, they had no Bible. So God had to treat them like babies. I don't want God to appear to me and say, I'm the Lord. I, I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I bowed my knees to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? But that's what sometimes people want a visitation, you know. No, no, no. You want, you, what you want is transformation. You want to be transfigured. That's what you, that's what we need. Are you getting what I'm saying? People are looking for next. No, you want, anyhow. So, so the Bible says we are being saved. Amen. We are sanctified. Amen. The next one is having been saved, justified. Can you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9? Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. I'm looking at my time. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 2 verse, verse 8 and 9. So we looked at being saved. Now I'm giving you a scripture for. Amen. Having been saved. This happens once. Now the previous one I told you about. Amen. Which is sanctification. It happens on an ongoing basis. You, you and I we've been made more like Christ on a daily basis. You, we have fire insurance already. Amen. Everybody's saved here. We're all going to heaven. Amen. That's fire insurance. You're not going to hell. But that's not the key why you get saved. You get saved to become little Jesus. is to represent Jesus on the earth. The more you become like Jesus, the more effective you'll be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you why you need to become more like Jesus and be sanctified. Let me share this with you. Especially after covid Everybody in your life is a resource sent by God. Let me say that. Everybody in your life is a blessing sent by God. If you don't change yourself, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to mess up every relationship. Let me say that again. Can I say that again? If you don't move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, if you don't change, you are going to mess up every relationship. And every relationship is an asset 
Can you say asset? An asset because God works through people. So if you so if you mess up every relationship, you'll be out there on your own asking God for help. It's like the men you were the one who told me there was a man who wasn't uh, there was a flood and he was on top of house, and then a boat came, amen. A boat came, and then he said, "No, I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord will provide." Then a, a helicopter came to rescue him. No, I'm waiting on the Lord. God will provide. He died. He went to heaven. And he said, God, I was bewitching you. God said, I sent a boat. You didn't take it. I sent a helicopter. You didn't take it. Because you're expecting me to appear and say, I am the Lord. <laughs> we have to take responsibility. Every, and if you, do, if you, do, let me tell you what some pastor friends said to me. They said to me, they said, they said, Son, after COVID, everything changed. Is that right? They said, after COVID, everything. They said, if you do not set yourself together, folk haven't got time. Yeah. They said, if you do not put yourself together and make yourself likable, make yourself likable so you can relate with people, folk will move on. There's enough pressure out there. Are you with me, saints? You cannot come and add pressure in their life. Well, you all haven't got to say yes. I'm just telling you what they tell me. I mean, so I can get myself together. Amen. They said you need to become likable. You need to move. You need to move from glory to glory. You need to be. You need to move from what glory to glory. You need to behave like you are sanctified. Mm -hmm. And stop being a weight. That's what they said. What he told me. I said a weight. Yeah. He said stop being a weight to people. Anyhow, glory be to God. And then, so we looked at, so so the Ephesians two. Verse 8 and 9, for by grace are you what? Saved. saved. That's justification. Just saved. For by grace are you what? Saved. saved. That's fire insurance right there. <laughs> Through faith, it's not of yourself, it's a gift of God. For by grace are you? Saved. Justification. That happens once. As soon as you make that profession of faith. As soon as you say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10. Bam! Justified. Bam! Can't touch this. Uh, but after justification, you need to be sanctified. Set apart unto God. You need to change. Mm -hmm. Well, well, glory be to Jesus. And, 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 and so, and, and now the last one is, so we looked at, we, we looked at one, being saved. We looked at having been saved. Now let's look at will be saved. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We'll be saved. The day is coming. The rapture is on the way. When the Bible says Christ is going to descend. Amen. Glory be to God. So this is the salvation from the wrath of God to come. From the wrath which is to come. The devil is coming. The antichrist is coming. And so God is going to take his people with him. That's what this is talking about. Romans chapter 5 verses 9. You got it? It says much more than... Being now justified by his blood, we shall be what? Saved from wrath through him. So it says here, being justified, we just look at justification. Ephesians 2, 8. Being, having experienced Ephesians 2, 8, the Bible says we shall be saved from wrath. wrath. There is wrath coming. And so, when do we accept i mean when when is our salvation secured 
Is it when we get baptized or not? Amen. Is it when? No. Because the Bible tells us, and that, that's what I wanted to get to, but I took some time. The Bible tells us about the story of the thief on the cross. Mm -hmm. The thief on the cross. Jesus said to the thief, today, you'll be with me where? In paradise. Did, the, did Jesus, this, this, did Jesus said to the thief, now you've accepted me as Lord and Savior. If you don't get the chance to come out the cross and go baptize, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. When, when you adopt these doctrines, you got to read the Bible. Are you getting me to ensure that that which you believe correlates with the wisdom of God, the entire Bible? So Jesus just tell the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. And notice what he said, notice the specificity, because paradise is where Abraham was. You remember in Luke 16, Lazarus and the rich man, they both were in paradise, Abraham's bosom, divided by a gulf in, in, in the heart of the earth. Now, now on one side you had, amen, it is, uh, there is a word that's called, it's called, um, not Gehenna, it's called, uh, sorry, Hades. Yes, because one side of Hades is hell, the other side is, is Abraham's bosom. Are you with me, saints? Now, now, listen, before the cross, Hades was hell. No, let me say that, let me say that, let me say that another way. After the cross, Hades is pure hell. Because Jesus took the believers who were there in Abraham's bosom and went to heaven. Now the Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So before the new covenant, before the blood of Jesus was shed, everybody went in the center of the earth. Uh-huh. They went to Abraham's bosom. And some of them went to Hades. Amen. Glory be to God. And what separated them was a deep gulf. Praise the Lord. So the rich man could look across and see Lazarus in air condition. Being served real lemonade. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He could see. Now that's torturing. And you are here. And he said, oh, he said, I don't need a glass of water. All I need you is take your finger. He said, he said, you don't even know to you don't even have to wash your finger. <laughs> take your finger, dip it in water, and just touch my tongue. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Yeah, he said, I am in torment. Lord, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> And he said, can you send Lazarus? Because he wants to ask Lazarus for forgiveness. Because don't you, when they were alive, his, Lazarus was full of sores. And Lazarus was at his door begging for a crumb of bread. And he would pass and shift his robe from Lazarus. And walk away. Yeah, now he sees Lazarus enjoying paradise. And he wants to ask Lazarus for forgiveness. But the, but the time of grace was over for him. Yes, yes. Since you'll have your mind after you go to heaven, you'll remember everything you did and everything you didn't do. Amen? 
Anyhow. Glory be to Jesus. Give me 10 more minutes, I'll be done. So we see here, salvation is not a requirement for, sorry, baptism is not a requirement for salvation. Now let me give you, let, now, now let's look at a, 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 an account that brings all of it together. An account that brings salvation, it, sorry, it brings water baptism. Uh, um, it brings water baptism, baptism into the body of Christ, and the Spirit. Holy Spirit baptism. Let's look at an account that brings all together. And then we'll wrap it together. Amen? Glory be to God. Then, we'll, then I have one other thing for you and we'll go home. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 7. You got it? Acts chapter 19. Glory be to Jesus. Praise the Lord. I, I felt led to do that because you, you go out there and you hear so many opinions out there. Amen? We are told, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Apollos and Paul, they were contemporary preachers. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, wh whom, whom he found? Certain. Disciples. So disciples are people who are saved. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Disciples. Can you go? Verse 2. And this is what Paul said to them. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And I'm here to ask you the same question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I'm asking you, those of you who are looking. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Believed on the Lord Jesus. Amen. And they said unto him, we have not so much heard. <laughs> Whether there be a Holy Ghost. <laughs> how, did, how did the Holy Ghost call them? Disciples. Well, <laughs> glory be to Jesus. The Spirit of God called them disciples, and here they are saying, We have not even heard if as anything as any Holy Ghost. Verse 3 And Paul said, And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? You got a baptism, but it's not being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You got John's baptism. And you got a baptism into the body of Christ. Because the Holy Ghost called you disciples. Glory be to God. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto him, John's baptism, which is baptism in water. Mm -hmm. verse, verse 4 reads, Then Paul said, John verily truly baptized with the baptism of repentance. Saying unto the people, verse 5, that they should believe on him. Which should come after him that is on Christ. Paul is moving on. When they heard this. Now, now let me go a little further. Let, let me explain to you. Let, let me give you the idea of the passage here. Amen. Sometimes when you read the Bible. The Holy Spirit will show you. What he's saying indirectly. Or what he's communicating indirectly. What happened was Paul went and he looked at the believers. And he must have seen the way they lived. And the way they spoke, and the way they lived their lives, they were not empowered believers. Are you with me, saints? He must have seen by their reaction, these people are not spiritually empowered. They have the letter. They don't have the spirit. But the Holy Ghost still called them disciples. Ah, You see, that's, that's the idea. That's the idea, the overarching idea. Paul went there, he looked at the way they lived. And he said, these people, they may be saved, but they lack power. Ah. 
And that's why he asked them. That's why he asked them, what baptism you received? And when they heard this, they were baptized. What? In, the, in, in what? In the name of the Lord Jesus. And he's going to continue. It, this is what it means. Verse 6. And when Paul had what? Laid his hands on them. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they what? They spake with tongues and? <laughs> oh God, I give the praise. They spoke with tongues and they? Prophesied. Mm -hmm. They spoke with tongues and they? When, when, when did that happen? After Paul what? Laid hands on them. So you can impart the gift of speaking in tongues by the? Laying on of hands. Uh -huh. So we just saw three baptisms. What a baptism? We just a baptism into the body of Christ. And here we see baptism into the Holy Ghost. Since I'm going to share this with you and I'm going to bring it to close. There was a time in my life. And the reason why I'm saying that is because in Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Amen. I ended on it last week. A lot of questions. Can you go to Jude chapter 1 verse 20? Because what has happened in Christendom is we have somewhere somehow explained away the need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yes, we have done that. Amen. And so when you come across this verse, it says, Beloved, building yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The phrase here, praying in the Holy Ghost, means praying in the Spirit. You would agree, right? The Spirit. Well, some people claim praying in the Holy Ghost means praying under the influence of the Holy. I have no problem with that. Praying under the influence of the Spirit. That's, no, that's good. Are you with me? That's good. But this verse, this phrase right here, and they ask, Pastor, why did you say that praying in the Holy Ghost automatically means speaking in tongues? Well, it's because of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Now, now listen before we go there. It prayed in the Holy Spirit. How many of you would agree that the phrase can be changed to praying in the spirit? Let's see what Paul has to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. Paul says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the what? We could say in the Holy Ghost. But he said in what? What he does in the spirit? He speaks mystery. In the spirit, he speaks mystery. In other words, praying in the Holy Ghost. He speaks mystery. His mind is unfruitful. He doesn't understand. It takes humility to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. It takes what? Humility. For you to speak a language and don't understand the thing. But the Bible says it's building yourself on your most holy faith. That's when you got to trust God. Amen. You got to do what? Trust God. You got to trust the word. You've heard it. Trust the process. You may not understand the process, but you got to trust the process. You hear it out there in the business world. Trust the process. And the reason why they ask you to trust the process is because others have been through the process and they were successful. Say it too fast. Others have been through the process and they were what? Successful. So you and I coming up now, we have to what? Trust the process. We have to do what? Because as you go through the process, that's when you experience change. <laughs> that's when you experience what? Change. Change. So the scripture tells us here, right here, that speaking in tongues, so, so speaking in tongues is the same as praying in the spirit. That is why I said, building your faith on your, mo your praying in the Holy Ghost is the same as 
praying in the spirit. Let's look at another scripture. Paul, Paul spoke. Uh, um, uh, 1 Corinthians. Can you go to 14? <clears throat> 15. The same chapter. Let's look at verse 15. Paul said, what is it then? I will pray with what? The spirit. And I will what? Now, now it's obvious. It's to, if, the, if somebody says, I'm going to pray in the spirit. He's the same as I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, I'm going to pray in the spirit and I'm going to add, pray with the understanding. I'm going to speak in tongues and still pray in English. Meaning I'm going to pull out my scripture verses while I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you need to do that. Amen. You need to do that. God, you're speaking in tongues and God did something on your heart. You stop speaking in tongues and you address it. So Paul says, not only will I pray, but he said, I will sing with what? Paul said, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing also with the understanding. Paul said, I'm going to sing Jehovah Jireh, my provider, and I'm still going to sing in tongues. That's what, that's what he said, evangelist, right? No, no, no. Now I want you to notice this right here. How many times you see a keyword, the key phrase, I will. Look at this verse here. How many times you see the key phrase, I will? Four times. Which means you have to do it. God is not going to take your lip and shake it. You have to be intentional about it. Are you with me, saints? It is a gift. And that is why, that's what some people don't understand. They think God will just come over them and start shaking their mind and shaking their mouth. No. You have to be humble enough to do it. Say what you hear. I will. I have people said to me, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, for years, I, I don't know what I can speak in tongues. I know I said you will not speak in tongues. It's not that you can't. You just will not. Because you have to will do. You have a, you must have a will to do it. You must have a will to do what? Brothers and sisters, I'm going to share this and I'm going to end. There was a time when my Christian life was like this. Like a roller coaster, a yo-yo. Sometimes up, sometimes down. Sometimes hot, sometimes cold. Sometimes straight, sometimes crooked. Sometimes I feel like and sometimes I don't feel like. Now I'm on like a bulb. You know why? The gift of speaking in tongues. The gift of what? Speaking in tongues. You speak mysteries. I read Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4 verse. Can you go to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18? And if that's not your life, brothers and sisters, God has given us a tool to be on like a bulb. Proverbs, it says, but the path of the just is as what? You know, say you got to say it loud. The path of the just is what? Like what? Shining. A shining light that shineth what? More and more unto the perfect day. The perfect day is when Jesus takes you up in the rapture. But until then, the Bible says your path, your manner of life, the way you and I live, move, it should be what? It's like what? A shining light, like a glowing bulb. And it's not, not only that gets what? Brighter and brighter if your life is not like a glowing bulb. That gets brighter and brighter. You got a tool too that will change it. Speaking in tongues. If you want to be on like a bulb and not just have something, Jesus, some of, the, some of us, we just have some bad attitude. Well, anyhow. If you want a good attitude, if you want to be cool all the time, <laughs> 
Oh, glory be to Jesus. If you want to be, if you don't want to be sometime in the spirit realm, you know what I mean? Just sometimes you're nice in the spirit, sometimes you're not nice. And <laughs> Are you getting what that divide, it says? But the path of the just. Anybody here just? Yes. That word just is translated righteous 162 times. The word just there is translated righteous 162 times. So we could change that word to mean righteous. But the path. Is that the Bible or the Bible? And so what I did years ago, I realized. Amen. My life. I noticed it didn't say the path of the just shall be one day up, one day down. I read that. I noticed it says the path of the righteous didn't say one day sweet, one day sour. I noticed it didn't say the path of the righteous is one day nice, one day nasty. I noticed it didn't say the path. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. I get what I'm saying. Oh, bless God. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I, didn't, I noticed it didn't say the path of the righteous is like a man smiling one day and the next day he's frowning. That, that's what the Bible. Is the Bible the Bible? When you start taking the Bible seriously, it'll work for you. And I say, God, can you help me? Can you help me? Because I need my path to be like a glowing bulb. I need, glory be to Jesus, to look like a glowing bulb. Yes, I do have pain. Amen. So I do have, they have challenges. You express your challenges. But after you express your challenges, there's got to be a but somewhere. But God is good. It's been tough this week, but God is good. Oh yeah, I was on the tack this week, but God is good. Hallelujah. You've got, yeah, yeah, say how you feel, but you got to take it out with a butt. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. You know what? Take it out with a butt. Yes, I've been waiting for God to do this. How many of you have been waiting for a deliverance somewhere? You've been waiting for a breakthrough. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes, and sometimes when the breakthrough delays, it changes your speech. You or some of you, you're not saying amen. I know, I know. Or you feel like saying something that's not good because in your mind, God should have shown up already. And you want to say something, glory be to God. But because you know He works all the time, even when you don't feel like He's working, even when you don't see like He's working, the path of the righteous glows like a bulb. <laughs> Hallelujah. Change my life. I said, God, I need a tool to help me. To help my life shine. And what he's saying, you see how the sun, when the sun rises in the morning, and it gets stronger and stronger and brighter and brighter. And then you got to run for shade. <laughs> <laughs> By noon time, one o'clock, you got to run for shade. It's bright. The Bible said that's how the path of the righteous shall be. You are so bright. People have to, people have to, they can't stay in your, in your light. What will help you get there? Speaking in tongues. Paul said, I'm going to speak in tongues while I'm driving. I'm going to sing in tongues while I'm driving. Yes. I mean, I haven't got time to listen to, to, um, to, what, what's, uh, 
whatever that's out there, you know, I don't even know what's out there. I honestly, I don't know what's out there. Amen. He, what, what's that? Can you tell me something that's out there? On oh, 96.1, always 96.1. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about 96.1. Amen. But what I'm saying, you need to put your, put your radio dial on something that's going to uplift you. Amen. Yeah, stop listening to my wife said Beyonce. Or stop listening to. Are you getting. Or rap music. <laughs> I put. I was at intersection. I was at the intersection of Walmart. Sorry. Of the parkway and um, Capital Circle. And I just, I, you know, listening to, just speaking, and something pull up next to me. A vehicle, it came up. I'm saying, the vehicle just came up on the tires. And it starts to boom. I'm saying, my goodness. <laughs> you see, all the vehicles next to it moving, my van start to move. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> what, what I'm saying, brothers and sisters, you know, there's a war going on. There's a war going on. There's a war. And we, are, we got to get smart and be humble and use the tool God gave us. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.